0: A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long queue with a bunch of
1: demons. you believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This
0: is my Bible.
1: I am what it says
2: I am. <laughs>
0: Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3 7.
1: Victory in the name which is above every name. There's no exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme <laughs> law. Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. <laughs> Spewing distorted views of the Trinity. So with the enemy there, lives have been bought. Whether you like it or not, you will either get shot. No reverence from these reverence, only pathetic benevolence who claims to heal without a shred of medical leavening. They in the public eye, lukewarmer than kitchens On live television, saying Mormons are Christians. I'm not throwing stones, I'm simply shouting the truth. So if you never knew, now you're with
0: hey everybody welcome back to the master's dog episode 69 i'm your host the evangelical norm so today we're getting back to saints unscripted and their faith and belief section uh responding to that and david has we had a couple of weeks where there was some really um deep (laughs) important stuff that uh I was shocked that they actually talked about on the internet um, I mean they can't get away from it. you really can't get away from the whole issue of do Mormons believe they can become gods you can't you can't not talk about it anymore and it's almost it's it's futile to try to defend it but they have to do it so continuing they're gonna there's just gonna be more and more of this stuff that they they have to try to defend they have to figure out a way to spin it but they can't today is really kind of another, another nothing burger that really isn't. I mean, we we'll, I'll let David talk about it, but excuse me. Um, it's, it's uh, we're going to talk about the Jaredite barges and not specifically the Jaredite barges, but the light supposedly within it. So with that, I mean, it, it, it's really just a, a, a side note in the midst of just so many other things that are wrong with the Jaredite barges, this is kind of a you know a softball. Uh, I'm trying to think of what the term I want to want to use. Not a softball, but um, I mean it's 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 just it's a soft pitch to uh, to try to hit. It's it's on a tee. It's a tee ball, right? I mean it really. Again, I'm going to let him get into it and and we'll go. But it's easier to try to defend the light within the the Jaredite barges as opposed to all the other issues. The weight, the uh, watertight, the moving parts of a door and and being watertight and so on. So there's all kinds of things that um, are problematic with the jaredite barges um and yet they choose to defend this so with that all being said i'm gonna let david go ahead and jump in and tell you what he thinks about the light within the jaredite barges
2: Hey guys welcome back. So to give a little context to what we're gonna talk about today, remember that after the story of Noah's Ark and the Flood, Noah's descendants get into a little mischief when they attempt to build a tower tall enough to get to heaven. As a consequence of their wickedness, their languages get all scrambled around and it's at this point that we meet a group of people later known as the Jaredites, as recorded in the Book of Mormon, led by a man known as the brother of Jared. Oh you're using your made-up names.
0: Okay and again they they're throwing in a Marvel comic click or clip um, to try to make it a little bit of humorous. Why would you name a group out of? I mean, every other group is is named after the person that led it. the 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 Nephites, the the Lamanites, the, you know, and so on, and you know, the Amalekites and the Hittites and all these other things. Why would you name the Jaredites after the brother of Jared? When, if they were led by him when d- does he have a name? Um, he's just known as the brother of Jared and who is Jared? Did he go to Jared? Did, did did he eat Subway? Okay see now I'm doing the same thing just trying to make it a little funny but so yeah that, that was just always something that I questioned. I'm like why are we talking about the brother of somebody and not talking about this dude by his name? Um. I'm Spider-Man then.
2: God saves the Jaredites from the chaos and commands them to build barges they'd used to cross the ocean, where God had a promised land waiting for them. The brother of Jared wrote that the barges were tight like unto the ark of Noah. But before they set out on their grand adventure, they ran into a problem. The brother of Jared cried unto the Lord, saying, Behold, O Lord, in the barges there is no light. Whither shall we steer? Wilt thou suffer that we shall cross this great water in darkness? God's response
0: that was his main concern was no light again they're they're building wooden essentially wooden submarines these these little wooden things that are supposed to have a door in them that that is going to be watertight and this time with moving parts a door that that opens and closes and yeah and so on but it's watertight and um yeah, there's so many other issues of how, how are we carrying food for all the animals that we're supposed to have in these barges and the families? And what do we do with the waste of those things? And so, again, it's just there's all kinds of, of problems. And light is the, the concern, the main concern.
2: What will ye that I should do that ye may have light in your vessels? This whole story of the brother of Jared and his solution to this problem has been mocked by critics of our faith for years. In the 90s, one critic wrote simply, the words patently ridiculous seem too kind.
0: But further study has shown that what the brother of Well, it's true. I mean, beyond the... the and it, Again, it's not this part. It's not the issue of the light. Those are not the things that, that opponents of, of Mormonism have have mocked for years. I mean, yeah, I mean, people have probably talked about, oh, God's finger touched the, the rocks and they glowed and, and so on and so forth. It's an important thing to remember that this is the manner in which these rocks began to shine as they were touched by the finger of God and that made them shine. But again, there are so many other issues with these barges that the light inside of them is not the key thing that we are focusing on when we comment on these things. What
2: the brother of Jared did next might not be so patently ridiculous after all, and that's what we're going to talk about in this video.
0: That was a really long introduction.
2: So let's cut right to it. What does the brother of Jared do? He goes up a mountain and did molten out of a rock 16 small stones, and they were white and clear.
0: How did he molten out of a rock? I mean, what, what kind of... Torches or things was he using to molten sixteen small stones out of a rock? Um, yeah, I mean acetylene. What are we? What are we? What are we dealing with here?
2: He takes them to the top of the mountain and cries once again to the Lord and says, "Touch these stones, O Lord, with thy finger and prepare them that they may shine forth in darkness." And they shall shine forth unto us in the vessels which we have prepared, that we may have light while we cross the sea. And that's exactly what happens. Shining stones. That's what we're dealing with here. It seemed totally random. A product of the brother of Jared's imagination, or worse, a product of Joseph Smith's imagination.
0: Bingo. Product of Joseph Smith's, because again, these are not just shining stones. These are stones that were touched by God that were then caused to shine. Remember, they're, they're key thing because he's going to start going to a place that does not connect.
2: Now, you'll remember that the brother of Jared compared his barges in at least one way to Noah's Ark. So, let's go back and read a bit more about Noah's Ark. Genesis 6.16 contains instructions from the Lord to Noah, a window shalt thou make in the Ark. The word window here is translated from the Hebrew word sohar. In Genesis 8, 6, we get another window reference. And it came to pass at the end of 40 days that Noah opened the window of the ark which he had made. Curiously, this window is translated from the word shalone instead of Sohar. If you look up Shalom in Strong's Concordance of the Bible, you find one meaning, it's a window. It's a window. But if you look up Sohar, you get multiple meanings. One definition is simply a light stemming from
0: Okay, look at what it says here. It doesn't just say a light, a light, i.e. window dual double light noon midday noon window okay so there's a couple of places in here where it says window now granted when you look up sohar and and how it's used it's only used one time in the bible as a window but there's a purpose and i'll get to that
2: sayhar which can mean to glisten In the Midrash Rabbah, which is essentially ancient Jewish commentary on the first five books of our Old Testament, one rabbi explained Sohar to be a precious stone. During the whole time that Noah was in the ark, he did not require the light of the Sun by day or the light of the moon by night, but he had a polished gem which he hung up. When it was dim, he knew that it was day, and when it shone, he knew that it was night. In the Babylonian Talmud, in reference to Sohar, another rabbi commented, The Holy One, blessed be he, instructed Noah, set therein precious stones and jewels, so that they may give thee light bright as the noon. One book about ancient Jewish folk tradition mentions that in the case of the Sohar, it is said that the glowing jewel was handed down by Adam and Eve to their son Seth, and that it subsequently reached Enoch, Methuselah, Lamech, and of course, Noah. So when God told Noah, put the Sohar in the ark, Noah knew exactly what he meant, and thus Noah hung the sohar from a beam in the ark where it illuminated the ark.
0: Okay, now notice we went from midrash uh, uh, teachings of, of ancient rabbis, um, a couple, and now we're, we're talking about a dude reimagining the Bible. So again, we're not really... The, we have had thousands of years of, of Hebrew and biblical scholarship And there's not a whole lot of talk about this window being a shining stone. Very little, very, very little talk about this window being a shining stone. If this were a shining stone, we would probably see a whole lot more reference to that through the thousands of years of biblical study that has been happening. But it doesn't. And again, I'm going to get to the reason why I think, and again, I'm not the scholar, so I'm just giving you my idea of what this looks like to me and, and you can run with that. But again, very little talk in thousands of years that this is not an actual hole in the top of the Ark as in a window as much as a shiny stone.
2: Again, we know from Ether 6 that the brother of Jared is already comparing his barges to Noah's Ark. So when you ask yourself where he gets this radical idea to use illuminated stones as a light source, he very well may still be following the pattern set by Noah. In that context, it makes perfect sense. Now,
0: But if it were a shining stone from Noah, or Adam and Eve, or, or a panda down from person to person, nowhere do you see them going and saying, God, put your finger on this and make it shiny. Nowhere do you see that they went and molten out of a rock to get this other rock in order for God to make it shiny. So it's a completely different thing. The two really do not coincide with each other at all.
2: Now, I'm not saying that this proves the Book of Mormon is true, but what are the chances?
0: It's your implication.
2: It says that this was just another one of Joseph Smith's lucky guesses.
0: R2 says the chances are 725 to one. But again, remember, yeah, it could be a lucky guess. It could be. But again, they, they don't connect. They really don't. You're, you're, you're taking and, and comparing, at least at this point, you're comparing oranges to nectarines. Somewhat similar, but they don't really connect. And again, we never look at the, a prophet isn't proven by the, the few things he gets right amid the hundreds of things that he got wrong one thing wrong according to the bible according to deuteronomy that a prophet gets wrong and he is a false prophet anyone who presumes to speak in the name of the lord and doesn't do it right you don't fear that man that man is a false prophet and should be put to death according to the old testament so again, we're we're not compa- we're not going. Oh well, Joseph Smith got these few little things right, and if we can, you know, twist this and look at it this way from this angle, uh, underneath the you know the 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 full moon, then maybe it's this. No, again, there are so many other problems with the Jaredite barges that the light inside is is not even a real concern. I mean, yeah, it it sounds like a made up story. Dude goes with some kind of technology to molten out of a rock, 16 little smaller shiny rocks or not yet shiny rocks, ask God to touch them. He makes them shiny. Boom. Light within all these barges, right? Not quite the same thing as Noah's Ark. I mean, he's got like 10 seconds left of things to say.
2: Or is it realistic to believe that he learned about this concept from an outside source? scholar Hugh Nibley observed that the few sources that might have been available to the prophet were obscure and garbled accounts and texts that not half a dozen men in the world could read. Of course, you're free to believe as you see fit. I just thought this was some fun, interesting stuff that I thought I'd pass along. We're done here. Check out the stuff in the description for more info on this topic.
0: No, this isn't just fun Interesting stuff that he thought he would pass along. This is the faith and belief section. This is the implication that they are proving to you that the things of the Book of Mormon that most people say are wrong are true. It, it, it really is not just some interesting little stuff that I thought I'd pass along. This is him trying to defend the validity of the Book of Mormon, and it cannot be done. Now, let's go back and talk about the sohar before we wrap it up. It is it the The word was... Uh, a light, i.e. window. Uh, what were the other things? I can't remember everything else that it said. A, a light, midday, noonday sun. Right? A window. Now, apparently the window was put in the top of the ark. And the, the where, where Sohar is used is in the place where it's giving the description and giving the instructions on how to build the ark. So the word Sohar was used to say this is where you put the window to provide light to the inside of the ark you're going to put it where the noonday sun would be to shine in and that's why the word sohar is used is to give noah the 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 instruction on where to put the window and then the word chalone is used later because it is in reference to just opening the window it's not the instruction being given it is just The the description of what he did. So I would say, and again, I I would look at thousands of years of of biblical scholarship that has never said this was a dangling, shiny stone from the top of the Ark. There was a hole put in the Ark, which is a, a window, and maybe it was covered with something or whatever because he had to open it. But there was a hole put in to provide light. And that's why the word sohar was there. It was a skylight. And that's what it's actually translated as. In the ESV, it is translated as skylight. It is there to provide light to the inside of the boat. It's not a shiny stone. It's a hole in the top of the boat to provide light from the midday sun. That's what it is. It is not, so, again, Joseph didn't get any of this right, and there's, so, again, we could go on and on and on about the other problems with the, with the Jaredite barges, but it's, it's, it's pointless. It was a figment of Joseph Smith's imagination, it was made up by him, it was one of his grand stories that he told his entire life, and he couldn't even come up with a name for the dude, he was just the brother of Jared, right, right? ridiculous so there you go guys i hope this was helpful um come at me with your comments whatever let me know um again any of this stuff i could be wrong on i'm not a hebrew scholar i'm not but this is the commonsensical uh breakdown of what this is is what we're looking at it's not a shiny stone dangling from the top it's a skylight so I hope it was helpful. I hope you guys enjoyed the, the, uh, this week's uh, episode. And, um, you know, stick around. Come back tomorrow for our false teacher of the week, which is going to be uh, my old friend, Sean McCraney. So stay tuned for that. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. Until next week, Soli Deo Gloria. Mm-hmm.